the experience of life and the experience of being with the other really allows you to have, and it's not a surrender, it's not a giving up, it's not a zero-sum game. This is about observing and becoming aware of the needs of the relationship, of the other, of, of each other. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome back to Wisdom Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Wow, Tess, that was a little... <laughs> Do I need some more caffeine in my system? That was a little... Let's have this discussion. So if you're just joining us for this special weekly podcast that we do now, Tessa was one of... Was, I guess it... I don't know. Was one of my students? Is one of my students... What what would you like to be referred to as? Both and. Okay, both and. <laughs> and she's, we've been working together for a long time now, many years. And she basically directs all things that are radically loved. She's the gatekeeper. She's the keeper of all the keys. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started doing this little Wisdom Wednesday segment a couple of months. How long has it been? Has it been over a year? Oh gosh, I'd have to go back through the archives of our wow. spreadsheets, but it feels like spreadsheets. Of our, it feels like about a year, maybe a yeah. little bit less. Okay, yeah, let's go with that. And we basically choose a topic that we discuss. We may incorporate some quotes or things that we're drawing from with regard to how we can find wisdom in a situation we're in and how you can apply wisdom to your own life. So really that's what these podcasts are about and what they're for. And if you are just joining us because we have had a surge of new people, welcome to the podcast. This is the Radically Loved Podcast and we talk about all everything. Back in the day, we used to really talk about health and spirituality and meditation and mindfulness. And we definitely do still do that. But I feel like the show has really evolved to becoming more focused on this creative process that is living life. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Right. If I had, if I had to (laughs) deduce it to one thing, I would say that would be the thing. So everybody welcome. Tess and I were just having this conversation before we started recording. I'm going to actually turn down my volume real quick because I feel like I'm getting a red flashing in my like, eyes. And that's always a sign that my mic is too hot. So oh, we'll see. I'm a po- yeah. I mean, do I sound okay? I should have asked you before we started recording. I think you sound beautiful as, as always. I love listening to your voice. Same, same cease. And by the way, this is Rosie. And this is Tessa. Apparently we sound similar. I suppose we should get back into the habit of Of announcing ourselves. Right, 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 right. So I 
just recorded my audiobook for my book, You Are Radically Loved. Insert clap track. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. My book is out for pre-order and people can now go order it wherever you get your books. Barnes and Noble, your local bookstore, which is my favorite place to buy books, Amazon, Powell's, Target, Walmart, you know, wherever you get books. So if you uh, want to support me in my uh, first ever book experience, uh, yeah, get that, get that little pre-order on. It's uh, super helpful. So saying all that, we have a Yeah. Like, how are you doing right now? I guess we should start there. How's your year (laughs) starting off? We're still in January. Yeah. We're halfway through the month. How's it going? Well, I mean, every day is so different. (laughs) You happen to have caught me on one of those days where it was like really hard to get out of bed. And of course, because I live in the Pacific Northwest, the weather is not helping the gray rain you know, days like that, it just, it's hard to get out of bed. So I'm feeling a little lethargic. Mm. However, I am chugging along and feeling fairly motivated and productive. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I love that because you have always had this, ever since I met you, you've always had the energy of like sunshine and the cup is half full and you have this really light energy about you. And and I've always loved that. And there's a caveat, and this is not an insult, but when you do get a little bit short-tempered, I kind of love it because (laughs) I I like when you get a little bit edgier, you're a little bit crabby. And I'm just like, oh, like Tessa's crabby today. Oh, (laughs) how can you tell? What is my telltale sign? I think your tell is the tone of your voice changes a little bit and maybe you get a little bit less, you don't mince your words as much. Not that you do. I think that you are very poetic and I think that you're very mindful about how you speak and how you interact. And I can always tell when you're like, you're, you know, your chipper self and it's like, mm-hmm. yep, we'll get this handled or this is happening or, but when you're like over it, man, it's just very apparent. It's not like you you lose that elegance. It's just that it's a little bit less served with honey. There's less emojis. There's less emojis and a little bit more like frustration or when you curse at something, when you use curse words, I'm just like, Ooh, like Tessa's (laughs) love that. This excites you. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Tessa's really mad today. Somebody really it's hard her to off. do, huh? It it really is. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's always such a nice time to check in. I'm a big fan of not doing resolution. I think we've talked about this, right? The resolutions thing, didn't we? Yeah. We talk about, you know, I don't like to put pressure on myself. And this is gonna sound a bit like negative, but this is not at all how I am meaning it to sound. But I think that the way that I like to look at goals or expectations are to not have them (laughs) Mm. because I feel that I've had more experience with being let down than having things actually come to fruition. And, And I'll explain a little bit more. Like back in the day, Tori and I would always have these 
fights. So I was going to say issues, but they were fights <laughs> because I expected him to be a certain way and I expected him to do certain things a certain way. And it's that whole adage, especially for women, we want our partner to know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And even if we have to tell them, it's like, I don't want to have to tell you. I want you to just want to do this for yep. me. I want you to want to plan. <laughs> like, why can't you ever plan a dinner date? Why do I always have to be the one? Why do I always have to be the one to look for X, Y, and Z? Why do I always have to be the one that's handling when we get to spend time together or I'm the one that sets the dates or I'm the one that sets the rules. Like we have breakfast, no phones. You know what I mean? Like I'm always the one that has to do. And when I was 27, and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I just did the audio book and I write about this time in our relationship where we were having a really difficult time. And I know that any couple that's survived a relationship more than seven years plus, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> Tessa's yeah. like, mm, okay. She said it. Yep. The seven year itch. The real uh, thing. The real, it's a real thing. And we were going through a very, very, very tenuous and difficult time in our relationship. I had a lot of expectations. And at the time he was going through like this big major lawsuit whatever. I'm not going to get into it. The people that were suing him were in the wrong. And Tori Mm -hmm. essentially had no choice but to defend himself. And if you've ever been involved in a lawsuit, these things are arduous processes that are unbelievably expensive and impossible to energetically deal with for Mm -hmm. anyone. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was that it was, we were going through a recession, the housing crack. It was just, everything was kind of in this really tenuous state. Meanwhile, I was concerned with not being married yet. You know, I was like, when is he going to propose to me? Like we've been together for seven years. I don't want to turn my big thing back in the day was I don't want to be a 30 year old girlfriend. I don't want to turn 30 and be somebody's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I think that's embarrassing. It's like, I deserve better. I think he needs to get it together. So on and so forth, right? Oh, I can go on. Oh, I didn't realize how much of that I still like. I can really, hopefully he doesn't listen to, he's not going to listen to this. He has no idea. Well, and I wrote about it too. And I'm like, he's not going to know that I wrote about Mm -hmm. it. So everybody will know the little, our little secrets, except him. So anyway, back to what I was saying. So in my mind, I had this expectation of being in a relationship that was happy. Mm -hmm. The desire to have this incredibly thought out, perfect proposal and having him just show up one day and have this beautiful thing planned about how he was going to propose And we were then going to make a plan to get married and our life was going to be happy. And he would find his spiritual practice because this was another tenuous topic for us because he wasn't, and I know that you can relate to this so deeply. And so this was the issue. And without giving too much of, of the story away, obviously we're still together, but what I realized during that process of dealing with that was 
okay, for everybody out there who's gone through this or is going through this, there's two ways to deal with a situation like this, especially if you've been in a relationship for a long time. You're either going to go through it and get in the muck and get all dirty and do the work to dig yourself out, or you're not. And there is no right or wrong answer. It's either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. The key is to have both parties be willing to do the work, to get in the dirt, to get in the mud, to really dig ourselves out together and know that this is going to be a communal effort and not have it be an asymmetrical relationship because it won't work. Mm -hmm. So what this taught me was time and time again, the same lesson kept replaying. It played itself in my relationship. It played itself in my career. It played itself in my own spiritual pursuits. Anytime I've had this idea in my mind this sort of fantasy world of what things were going to look like, I've always been disappointed. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it to sound like, woe is me. I love that I'm disappointed because I have a very overactive imagination. And man, I can make my visions be extremely vivid. But in real life, if it's not exactly the way it is in my mind, then I feel the letdown. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, do have you ever experienced anything like that where in your mind some situation played out differently? It was like the same result, (laughs) right? Yeah, like the same result that you wanted. Eventually, story spoiler, Tori and I ended up getting engaged on our 10-year anniversary. And I didn't get a ring for another five years. And it was really romantic, actually. I mean, it was in his mind, the way he had planned it out, it was actually a funny story. I'll save it for another time, but. Ah, oh, cliffhanger. I know. It, I'll <laughs> save it for, for, I'll save it for next week. If people want to know the story, I'm happy to share it, but. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's the whole thing. I got what I wanted, mm-hmm. but it didn't look and feel exactly the way I visualized it in my mind is because we're all like Martin Scorsese in our minds. We create these elaborate, (laughs) right? We create these elaborate visions, especially when it comes to relationships, that Mm -hmm. if the person doesn't act their role in Mm -hmm. your bio epic, you're going to be disappointed. And so, as I said, going back to the beginning of when I went on this rambling (laughs) was that I like not having the goals or the resolutions, this sort of resolute ideal that I'm striving for. It's important to have goals, yes. I absolutely have aspirations. But I don't feel let down when they don't happen because I try my best to not attach to the results. Mm -hmm. And that's a practice, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like knowing why you're doing what you're doing. So like if you set out to write a book with the purpose of the accolade of becoming a best-selling author, making it to a New York Times list or selling a certain amount of copies, it's easy to lose sight of your your why. And if it's yeah. if your why is completely attached to the outcome, then of course you're going to be let down. Like yeah, of how, course. You know, it's 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 challenging to make it to that level of success. Yeah. Especially, I mean, this is a great, it's a great point Tess, because selling books is hard. Mm -hmm. It's fucking hard. I mean, it's like not, it's no easy feat. People think, oh yeah, I've got a following. Like people, people, 
I mean, everybody that's listening to this podcast is going to buy my book, hopefully, but, but they might not, you know, and that's okay. You know, you can still keep listening. Don't worry. But I feel like we have these vision. And again, it's important. If you're going to shoot for the stars, shoot out, shoot for the stars, like go for it. My vision is always the same. If I'm going to dream this, I want to dream big, but with the little disclaimer in fine print, don't get attached and don't lose sight of the reason why you're doing what you're doing. How different would it be if we said, okay, I do want to be a New York Times bestselling author, but instead of me trying to figure out the formula and figure out the way to do it, figure out the way to do it as my first book and an unknown author, et cetera. Why don't I set that to be the goal for the next five years or 10 years, Mm -hmm. right? Imagine if you knew you, the person listening, if you're an aspiring writer like both Tessa and I are, Actually, Tessa's a published author, so she's had experience in this realm. But still aspiring to reach new levels of growth. Yes. (laughs) So the people listening, the the persons, the person, you, the listener, Mm -hmm. imagine that you do want to write a book. You have a book in you and you are excited about it and you want to write it. Would you still do it if you knew that it was going to take 10 years to get on any bestseller list, any bestseller list. And would you still do it if you knew it was going to take 15 years to get on the New York Times? Like, how does that change your why? Does it? For some, it doesn't matter. It's like, oh yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait a decade. I've waited this long. I'll wait another 10 years. No big deal. But for others, the motivation is different. And this is what I'm finding. This is sort of the hard truth of the world of publishing. It's a business. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of author friends who are in it for the accolades alone. And they'll self-admittedly say it. And they will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on an entire marketing strategy on entire campaign and it not result in what they wanted. Mm, interesting. Bomba's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, pima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them perfect cozy winter layers. There's a pair of Bombas socks for everything that you do. My favorite are for running, so they have tons of comfy performance styles for every sport and activity that keep you moving. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so you can just hang out and feel like, you know, you're not wearing anything. Bomba's underwear has a barely there feel with second skin support that might make you forget that they're even there, but in a good way. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing item at homeless shelters? That's why Bomba's donates one for every item you buy. 
go to bombas.com forward slash loved and get 20% off of your first purchase. That's www.bombas.com forward slash loved for 20% off bombas.com forward slash loved. The holidays are over and it's time to set our eyes on new goals and a new year. After the frenetic stress of the end of the year and the holiday season, your immune system might be feeling a little bit worn down, especially in the thick of winter when it's sick season. And yes, my friends, there's still the normal things that go on during this time. We get colds, we're exposed to perhaps more viruses, and our immune system needs to be strong and healthy so we can tackle those 2022 goals. Did you know that one of the biggest ways you can boost your immunity is by supporting your gut health? It's true. In fact, 70% of your immune system is all in your gut. Jonathan Jacobs is an MD and professor at UCLA, and he says that the microbiome and the immune system are critically intertwined. This means that if you eat the wrong things, your immune system will suffer. But if you eat the right things, your immune system will get stronger. Now, I understand it's not easy to eat all the right things all the time, and that's why I recommend that you take Biome Breakthrough daily. Biome Breakthrough contains powerful probiotics and prebiotics, as well as one-of-a-kind ingredient called IGY Max. IGY Max is a patented egg-based protein that enhances gut health, reverses damage caused by antibiotics, and even helps with immunity threats. Biome Breakthrough and Magnesium Breakthrough are staples in my daily supplement routine. I feel so much healthier when I know that I'm taking the right supplements to promote my optimum health. You can make Biome Breakthrough part of your daily ritual as well. You can eliminate bad bacteria, feed the good bacteria, and build your immunity and repair your gut lining all at the same time. The best time to take Biome Breakthrough is first thing in the morning. You can mix it in an eight ounce glass of water and drink it on an empty stomach to experience less sickness, fewer gut problems, and less gas and bloating. So let's start the year off right. Power your immunity today by trying Biome Breakthrough risk-free at biomebreakthrough.com forward slash Radically Loved and use the promo code Radically Loved 10 to receive 10% off of any order. You have a 365 day money back guarantee, no questions asked. That's biomebreakthrough.com forward slash Radically Loved. Use the promo code Radically Loved 10 to get 10% off of any order. Get ready for your new meal delivery kit. But first, what is Green Chef? Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plants to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Green Chef makes cooking easy so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying delicious home-cooked meals. You can avoid long lines at the grocery store because Green Chef is so convenient with their pre-portioned and easy-to-follow recipes that they are delivered straight to your door. With fresh produce, premium proteins, and organic ingredients you can trust, Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Those of you that follow me on Instagram have seen me unbox this Green Chef box so many times. And it's such a convenient way for me to cook. And those of you that know me know I love to cook. Tori's a vegetarian, so we tend to stick mostly towards the vegetarian options. And I know you recently saw me ranting and raving about my mojito cauliflower bowl. It was so good. That basmati rice was delish. 
So if you're ready to start your own meal kit delivery, visit www.greenchef.com forward slash loved 130 and use promo code loved 130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. This offer won't last long. Go to greenchef.com forward slash loved 130 and use the promo code 130 to get $130 off. That's www.greenchef.com forward slash loved 130. I just, I always wonder about that when you reach that certain self-imposed goal because I've seen different people in my life that I've been close with reach. I guess I would attribute it to a monetary success that may or may not be true across the board. But in this particular instance, I didn't see them any happier. And I know for myself personally, like for example, Jorge and I started out of college. We both graduated in the middle of the 2009 recession and moved to Seattle with no jobs. And we were scrappy and we had like, like we were living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, really scrappy with our money and where we, where we spent it. And that was like one of the best times in my life. I think back on it so fondly and we were just very creative and everything was so precious to us. So that different perspective, you know, when you reach that level of success, maybe you're going to even be disappointed by reaching that level of success because you strive, you strive, you strive, you get there. And then it's kind of like, well, what's next? What's left? What is this? Is this how I was supposed to feel? Because I don't feel fulfilled necessarily. I'd be curious like to hear different perspectives because I just know like the few circle of friends that have reached that level of success. I know personally, like if I think about my career in the business world, reaching a, a certain dollar amount in income that didn't make me happy at all. I was miserable, like in tears every night. And so I don't know. I, I think it's like, it all comes back to your, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. And how does it fill you up? It's such a great prose. It's a great way to shift your perspective and really ask yourself those questions. And at the end of the day, I say this a million times, the mind always wants what's better. Always. Mm-hmm. And so of course in your mind it's going to be different it's it's going to look better it's going to feel better than when it actually happens and those moments are fleeting I'll go back to conversations I've had on the podcast before when I was on the cover of Yoga Journal mm. and everybody was like oh are you so are you so excited this is so amazing like and look yeah I'm grateful thank you Yoga Journal again it was an incredible experience two-time experience was awesome, but somebody else is going to be on in a couple of weeks. It's not mm-hmm. like it's the end all be all. It didn't create, it didn't do anything. I didn't get a, any extra followers. I didn't get any extra people in my inbox. There was no sort of this explosion of a career, you know, like yeah. this. And, and I'm saying like exposure wise, which is interesting to me because a lot of people are living their lives hoping to be in somebody else's. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like that saying the grass is always greener and you're, you're kind of missing out. I think when you live your life from that perspective on what is truly special and unique about you, maybe it's not 
I mean, it's never going to be what anyone else is because you are your own unique special sauce and you have your own gifts that you'll either recognize or you won't. Hopefully you will. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully you will. And I'll go back to what I was saying earlier about the whole point I brought up the Tory conversation was because I realized that, wow, as flawed as we are and as fucked up as we can be as humans Mm -hmm. and as shitty mistakes that we make, it doesn't matter when two people want the same goal, right? If two people want the same, it didn't matter that, that he wasn't behaving or thinking of the thing, even now, I mean, these are conversations we have, you know, I've been busy and I, I'm the cook of the family. So I make breakfast, I make lunch, I make dinner. And if I'm going to be busy, that means I have to either wake up extra early or I have to stop doing something in the middle of my day, which is really annoying for me. And I think, why can't you try and do this for us? Like, why can't you make us lunch? Or why can't you do this? Or why can't you, you know, bring me whatever, my tea, like in the middle of the day, if I'm booked back to back, he will, and he'll do anything. But the the thing is I have to tell him, right. And my whole thing is like, you have to know, like, you need to just know (laughs) you have to intuit, you need to intuit. And is it really a big deal at the end of the day? Not really. It's fine. And, and I think we go into this, this is what I was talking about before we even started recording about the self-involvement. And, and Mm -hmm. I want to bring it up in this way. Like, if I see you behaving in a way that's selfish and you're not really concerned about what I'm doing because you're getting your needs met mm-hmm. because I'm taking care of you, I'm cooking for you, I'm I'm tending to your every need even though I'm busy or than you. You know that then instead of me having a conversation and saying, "Honey, this is going to be a, a busy couple of months. <laughs> Let's figure this out." How are we going to tag team it together? Mm-hmm. Let's make a plan. Cause I'm a big planner. You know, you know, this you're, mm-hmm. you're the same exact way. Yeah. Let's, let's figure this out. Instead, my instinct is to disengage and say, Oh, well, you worry about yourself then mm-hmm. because you worry about you take care of this is I, and I quote myself, you take care of your shit. I'll take care of my shit. And that's how we'll survive this busy time because Mm. I don't have the bandwidth for you Mm -hmm. and you obviously don't have the bandwidth for me. So let's just see if I'm literally just calling myself out. Let's see if we survive this. Oh, like, let's see. (laughs) Right. Let's see if we start. Let's see if we make it through. Now, the reality here is that obviously I was having a moment because I needed support at a time where I didn't get it. And instead of me being a grown up and taking my own goddamn advice that I give all the time, I could have just stopped and had a conversation with my beloved and said mm-hmm. exactly what I said. Hey, yeah. let's figure this out. Let's have a conversation. This is how I'm feeling before this turns into a resentment. Let's have a conversation. I'd really love if you could help me do this. I will continue to do this and it'll be great. Mm-hmm. And it's a conversation that did end up happening. But again, going back to the expectation and how we view our lives in our mind, the highlight reel of the mind, we have two ways of reacting to that. I can either close myself off and disconnect and disengage mm-hmm. entirely, or 
I can be proactive and I can engage and not be attached to any expectation. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I so empathize with everything that you're saying. And I definitely spent the majority of my marriage dealing with issues like this in the same way. And it wasn't until we brought our nephew to live with us from Mexico, who wanted to come here to go to high school that this all came to a head and we had to address it. And luckily we figured out how to address it like adults, kind of bumpily, kind of like (laughs) there were some starts and stops there. (laughs) But what I found was that I immediately assumed this role of like, I put all this pressure on myself to to be the mother, to do the things you were just saying, like breakfast, lunch, dinner. And it came to the point where we were, to me, I was kind of like, this is crazy. We're making all of this child's meals and he's like a full-fledged, almost almost adult that has the capability to make <laughs> his own lunch. For, like my mom didn't do that for me when I was in high school. So I kept saying that to Jorge and like, of course there's a cultural difference here, yes. right? So I, I had say, to, got the, I'm like, you got the cultural yeah. thing working against you there. <laughs> so there was a lot of really intense conversations about like, well, my family Jorge, would be like, well, my family cared about me. So blah, blah. And I'd be like, well, what are you implying that my parents didn't love me? <laughs> so as we got this stuff out and you have to get that kind of stuff yes. out on the table, I believe once we got that out of our systems, we were kind of like, okay, what's the purpose here? The purpose is to provide Christopher with an experience that he will benefit from. My belief is that he will benefit from learning how to take care of himself, right? So this is, a, again, it's kind of a cultural difference. Like my my view of giving him the chance to show up and take care of himself, to learn how to cook, to enjoy cooking is such a gift. And I really wanted that for him. And I also really wanted him to go away to college and live in dorm, but I kind of lost that battle. <laughs> Also COVID happened. Right. Yeah. So there's that. But it wasn't until this experience that Jorge and I figured out like some days we eat lunch together and, you know, like today, for example, we just, I made my own lunch. He's going to make his own lunch. And tonight we probably won't have dinner together and that's okay. But most days we're able to come together and eat meals when we have the time and don't take it personally anymore. So that was a lesson that took me probably the better part of two decades to learn. So that my friends, that's the wisdom in this episode. That's what we're talking about is exactly what Tessa just said. The experience of life and the experience of being with the other Mm -hmm. really allows you to have, and it's not a surrender. It's not a giving up. It's not a zero sum game. This is about observing and becoming aware of the needs of, of the relationship of the other, of, of each other. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really love that this sort of easing into what is already present, being able to ease into the easeability of being with somebody (laughs) that you love without attaching to expectation or results or putting the pressure on somebody else to fix how you feel. I love what you said about having that moment where you just, you guys both just said everything that was, was at the, was bubbling up to the surface. 
Yeah. We had to get it out there, you know, and it's not a perfect system and it was very uncomfortable and there were lots of tears. I'm not saying like now it's kind of funny when, when I talk about it, but man, going through that sucked, but I am so glad we did because we're at a place now where, for example, Christopher is my nephew's name. He loves to cook. Like that's such a gift you give yourself. He he was interested in, I bought him a, a professional chef's knife for his birthday. It's like, his favorite thing in the world. So when you have those hard conversations, when you teach those really valuable life lessons, even though it's uncomfortable to go through it, I find it so worth it. Yes. Oh, I remember when you were going through that too, because at the same time, Reggie had moved in. So you had Christopher, (laughs) I had Reggie, my little sister had recently graduated high school from Texas and moved in with Tori and I. And literally moved in. And like a couple months later, I left, I was on tour with yoga journals. So I was basically gone for 10 months. And I was so used to doing everything for her, doing her laundry, cooking for her, just everything. And I like, she's my baby, right? I coddled her and Tori would be so irritated and say things like, you can't do that. That's not the real world. You're not teaching her anything. She needs to know how to cook for herself, how to clean her room. You can't just be doing all these things for her all the time. She's going to have a really hard time when she leaves. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. she's never leaving. It's going to be fine. I'll take care of her. <laughs> and same. So I I really, I love hearing that you guys had that same conversation. And I'm sure it's a conversation parents out there have all the time, oh, you know, yeah. especially yeah. our generation, right? Like our generation and a little bit older are having, they have kids that are that age, Reggie's age, Christopher's age. So maybe the parents are having these conversations about their kids being now teenagers and perhaps even going into adulthood and how difficult that is in a relationship. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just, (laughs) oh, I mean, I never, I never imagined myself being a parent. I wasn't like one of those kids that, you know, was like, when I grow up, I want to be a mother. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I think it's a beautiful thing. I just always, speaking of being self-centered, I always felt so selfish Mm. and I wanted to spend that time developing myself. And I also felt like, God, I have a hard enough time taking care of myself. I can't even imagine like being responsible for this whole other human being. But so having that experience, like, you know, our siblings, our adopted family, these other people that come into our lives, they really are such teachers. Yeah. is like one of my biggest teachers, you know? And yeah, I have so much respect for parents out there, especially trying to raise kids during COVID COVID or during this culture of social media and bullying and Mm I just, I can, I can't, you know, I'm so grateful that Reggie is now she's 20. I don't even know how old, how old are you, Reg? 24. She's 23, 24. She's living in Korea right now, going to school mm-hmm. and she's literally living her best life. And I'm so proud of her. And she is like the most adorable little thing on the planet. And it's so great to be able to see her grow and, and be older. But I'm saying now, like if she was a teenager right now, I would have even more trepidation than I do now that she's already headed towards her mid twenties. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, and you, I'm sure you can see this, that this happens to me with Christopher. Like I'll say something to him. I think back on things that I said to him when he was five, when he was 10, when he was 19. 
And I'm like, are these things landing with him? Because he'll kind of roll his eyes or just walk away, barely acknowledge. And then years later, I'm like, oh my gosh, that made an impact on him. I can see it. I can see it coming to fruition. Like, I want to give you this example if I could share this Christmas present that Christopher made for me. He made me a journal. So if you're watching, I'm holding up a journal, which is a picture of us in the middle when he was this little chubby cheek boy. Oh my goodness. And he, he like took the time to create this. And then on the back, this brought me to tears. He wrote, can I read what mm, he wrote? Please. It's like in TypeScript. You can't really see it, but this guy is a writer. So five years ago, a kid moved from his home to a concrete jungle full of animals and weird vocabulary because he was learning English. <laughs> With no friends, this kid had to face the challenges of surviving this new world. But he was never alone. His tia and uncle, but this isn't his journal, <laughs> was there to help on every step of the way. As of now, the future of this kid is unknown, but something is certain. He will have more adventures with his Tia until the day one of them departs from the jungle. Let this little journal be your next companion for your following adventures, stories, and ideas that your creative mind might encounter. Who knows? You might end up writing drafts for your second book in here. Thank you for everything. I mean, does that just not like... Oh God. I love it. it all means something. So. Yeah precious. Even when you think you're not making a difference as a parent or a mentor, like the things that you say to these young impressionable minds, they matter. Wow. That is, thank you, Tessa, for that beautiful, well, thanks, Christopher, for that beautiful poetic entry. Wow. What a beautiful gift. What a heartfelt gift. I love that. Those are the Mm -hmm. kind of gifts that I'm just like, oh, I want to keep forever. Bury Mm -hmm. them with me. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like Egyptian goddesses. Exactly. So everybody, thank you so much for being here. I think that wraps up our Wisdom Wednesday for today. Uh, One that had no direction, but seemed to have found its own route. So thank you so much for bearing with us and for being here. We're so grateful for you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts because we love to hear from you. And if you have any questions or any topics that you wish for us to discuss, email info at radicallyloved.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com.